Welcome to the Casey Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Casey. And on this episode, I interview Lauren O'Sullivan about how she set up her own business as a business coach, a brand strategy and digital strategy consultant. Uh, she also runs her own podcast, which is called Beyond the Stories. And we cover a wide range of different topics. But a lot of it is about how you can find meaning in your work and your business and your life. Hope you enjoyed the episode. This episode and this podcast is in support of Calm, which is a mental health charity helping men in the UK deal with issues and and any difficult times that they might be going through. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just go to casey-digital.co.uk forward slash calm. Hope you enjoy the episode. So Lauren, if you'd just like to introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. Yeah, hi Paul. Uh, so my name is Lauren O'Sullivan and I am a creative business coach and a digital strategist. Thank you. Um, obviously, we're currently recording this podcast um, in May 2020. So, you know, we're right in the, right in the middle of lockdown. Um, how, have you been, how have you been getting on? How have you been coping with it all? Oh, well, it's, just, it's been a funny one, hasn't it? We're kind of uh, still in, in the midst of things. I think it's like everybody really, a bit, a bit up and a bit down. Um, I think I'm quite lucky with things in that my day-to-day hasn't actually changed that yeah. much. But I worked from home anyway. Um, I don't have kids and work touch wood at the moment has seemed to carry on um, as normal. So I am very fortunate um so so yeah i think it's just more the you know the uncertainty and obviously like the wider worries and other people of other people sorry and things like that but uh you know mostly good really you know i can't i, can't, I really can't complain compared to what other people are, are going through at the moment yeah and i've obviously i think i think what it does is it, it brings a lot of um i don't know if you're the same but it's brought a lot of perspective to to my kind of way of thinking where there are things that you used to think you need but you don't really you know you don't really need them um and the things that you do actually really need like obviously seeing your family and you know your friends and whatever socializing and whatever else those things might be um it's funny when you don't have that control anymore isn't it mm, definitely i think that's the word there it's control i think it's it's highlighted the things that we have control over and the things that we don't have control over um and I think also what it's done for me, there's certain things, and I do realise I'm in a privileged position, but there's certain things about lockdown that have, um, I don't know, things that we have maybe taken for granted previously, like I said, now that are highlighted, there's definitely lessons to take from that and learnings that when all this is all over and we go back to whatever the new kind of normal is to take some of that with us whether it is appreciating family or just things like shopping locally and spending more time at home and not having to be out out all the time and 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 that kind of thing I suppose. I think those working practices of of people working from home more regularly are definitely going to be um, something that continues because working remotely is as you obviously working in, in digital and working in the space that you mm. do you'll you'll know you know things like um it's great that people like schools are using like slack and zoom and whatsapp and whatever else to deliver their their kind of school school uh, criteria but 
also obviously businesses that weren't as flexible before have almost been forced into this but i don't think there's any reason why we should go back to the way that it was you know from a work from home and flexible working perspective i think that's actually a positive to come out of it at the moment Definitely. And I think, you know, the way the corporate world has been structured, and I suppose I'm talking about the, the corporate world that we're particularly from where you're based in an office um, within a big business. I think that ha- that suits a certain character and a certain type of person. And I don't think everybody necessarily thrives in that. And I think the feedback or the conversations that I've been having with people that almost fall into two different camps. There's those people that um, can't wait to get back to the office and they're missing people and they want to have that conversation and that interaction. And there's other people that are really enjoying being at home. And I think this comes down to personality type and preference and the way we work as well. And I think, you know, that open plan office environment is very extroverted and I think if you're a more introverted person that can be quite difficult to deal with and I think you know that home environment definitely suits some people more and perhaps there's a balance between the two you know I quite like the two I like I like working from home but I like the options going to an office interact with some people you know some of the some of the time as part of that yeah, I think obviously coming from a digital background, I work with developers, digital marketeers, you know, a lot of people from the world that I'm in don't really like people. <laughs> I don't like communicating with other people anyway. It's kind of how I've made a living. Um, yeah, like they're really good communicators, but with nobody in the same room. But like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, there's just different personality types. And I think that like the, the other kind of flip side, um, uh, try, obviously there are, there are there are so many negatives it's untrue but try, trying to stay positive you know that i think the collaborative working businesses thinking in a different way but the other big thing to come out of this for me is the recognition you know for the nhs and and for the people who i believe deserve it you know it, it, there's been a very long time now where you know um nurses and doctors and all those people who are kind of working on the front line and, and care homes and all the other things, they've never really got the recognition that they deserve. And and I think yeah. that that is one really positive thing to come out of this is that, you know, the NHS has really proved that it can, it can deal with situations like this. Absolutely. And I think it's like, you know, hopefully we'll see some kind of recognition that's, that's an action from that, not just necessarily an appreciation. Um, I think a lot of the work I do, um, it, you know, is very far removed from that, but it's very much about adding value in the world. And oh my goodness, you know, those people, how much value do they add to, you know, to to the world to look after us and to look after our relatives? And actually, as a society, we don't recognise that value, um, and we haven't done up until till this point. And you know, very much like you said, hope that that does change going forward. Have you got any, have you got any like things that you've just like routines or anything that you've stumbled upon during this? Like any, any tips for people like for while you're, while you're in lockdown to, to approach your day or to get kind of um, ready for the day kind of thing, because it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? I found, found myself a lot on like conference calls, definitely in, in shorts, ankle socks and sliders. <laughs> um have you, have you what what have you found anything like anything like quirky during this period of time that that's come out of it i don't know if there's anything quirky but i think i'm quite 
I do like a bit of structure in my day, but I find I like to give myself that structure a little bit more. And because I've been doing this, I've probably been working from home for just for just nearly a year, really. Um, right. And I think in that time, I kind of developed my own little routine. And I think I'm a morning person, so I do like to get up at the same time. And um, and I think it's just making sure that the biggest thing is not having any expectation of that nine to five necessarily and I think it's I plan my working day or my working week around where my energy or my motivation is which isn't always possible for everybody but I think in terms of like not feeling like you have to sit at your desk all the time and that be unproductive time. So how did it all start for you in the industry? So when um when you sent me the notes for this um, podcast and I saw that question, I had to think back quite a long time <laughs> to how I started in the industry. But um, basically, I just got a break when I was at uni. So I was studying history, so nothing to do with marketing, anything like that. Um, and I got um, a summer job in the year in between the second and third year. And it was with um, a luxury travel company called Destinology. Um, who are still going at the moment, but they were out of time and they're a very young, very entrepreneurial startup business. Don, the guy that owned it, he only in his early 30s. And it was just very, it was like a baptism of fire. They were, like I said, they're digital first business. Um, it was in the very early days of digital because 2007, 2008 here. Um, yeah. And I was working on everything. PPC, emails, tin, um, get involved in re- like brand workshops and things like that. It was really everything. And it was such a meaty role to get stuck into. Um, was really lucky with that, um, basically. And when I finished uni, they offered me um, a permanent full-time job. Um, and I was with them probably just, just under four years. Um, and like I said, yeah, probably a bit lucky actually get, getting into that. But that's where it all started. What were the things, you know, when you were during, you know, during the experience, during the work experience and during the early kind of stages, what were the things that kind of drew you towards the marketing aspect initially? It was funny because when I did the work experience, like I said, I was kind of doing a bit of everything. Um, and I really wanted to be in the product team at the time when, um, when I was doing my work experience, because this was a luxury, um, luxury holiday company. And if you're in the yeah. product team, you got to go to Dubai, you got to go to Maldives, you got to go to South Africa, you got to go to all these amazing places to experience the product. You didn't get to do that if you were in marketing. I did a couple yeah. of times, but not as the product team did. So, you know, as a like, I think it was like 20 at the time, as a 20 year old, that's the glamorous job that I wanted. Um, and I remember having this discussion with the guy who owned it at the time. And he said, I can't really remember how the conversation went, but he said, you know, if you work in product and you're young and you're 20, experience, people don't listen to you. Oh, really? <laughs> if you work in marketing, you can give them something and so they will listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So basically my, my first job was working with the hotels, um, reciprocal joint marketing campaigns. So, you know, they would get, they would give me a budget and I'd put together um, like a joint marketing campaign for them. And it was just interesting that it stuck with me because I think that is the thing, like 
as a marketer within a business, um, that is what drives the, you know, drives the company. Obviously, the product's really important, but as a marketer, you can be really responsible for driving a business forward, bringing sales in, and, you know, as you know, be able to measure that in a really direct, tangible way. And I think because you can do that, you can demonstrate your value to the business as well. And I think that was definitely something that really attracted me. Right. Okay. And then obviously from there, you, you kind of went on to, to other brands and other businesses from a marketing standpoint. What, what yeah. kind of, what kind of businesses did you then go work for? Cause obviously I know uh, we worked together um, where at one point you, you were a client of mine, but just in the, yeah. in the steps towards that, you know, how, like what kind of businesses were you working for? Yeah, so from there, I went to Embrian Group, which is Simply Be. Um, and I basically then worked in fashion and fast fashion for the following six, seven, eight, nine years. I'm trying to add all that up now. So I've worked at Simply Be, I've worked at Misguided, we worked together at Ego Shoes. Um, yeah. So really got a break at Simply Be as well, kind of went in at exec level. Um, and then ended up running their international digital marketing. So then I did get to kind of go, I worked in America quite a lot, running, um, setting up Simply Be in the US. And again, it was a really varied work role, working on everything from PPC and SEO, right the way through to working with influencers and running blogger events and things like that. Um, and yeah, kind of that was, I suppose that was my my area, my niche was, was in fast fashion and, and I suppose that's when we then met uh, um, when I was at Ego Shoes and I was a client of yours because you ran the all our digital marketing. Yeah and, and that was uh, it's an interesting business ego isn't it they're, they're, they're in that fast fashion space where um, you know it's a, it's highly competitive but they you know they've grown a, a great great business there um, you know and, and I got a lot of time for the guys there um, I think it's always one of those situations as well when you when you're working with people, um, you know, like a client agency relationship. It's um, it's always one of those things that you're always trying to juggle to try and make sure that you're delivering the best that you can within the contracts. But then there's always that understanding that sometimes you're over delivering, or you know, you just essentially you just need to get the results. And I'm, you know, that's that's what a lot of the foundation of you know good marketing relationships are based on, isn't it? Um, so yeah i think it's hard working an agent i've worked in agency since then um and agency side is really really hard it's it's very very different from in-house and i've kind of seen seen the other side of the coin (laughs) all right okay (laughs) but but yeah i think like just the fast fashion industry in manchester has just been crazy the past 10 years and from when i left technology to go into simply be um I mean, the job I do now did not exist in Manchester. I did, you know, um, I couldn't do the job that I do probably outside London. But now that industry has grown up and I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of experience in that industry. And it's really just, um, you know, I suppose the industry that we're in, whether that's digital and or fashion, Manchester has become a hub of that Um so you know there are there are lots of jobs in that industry now um there's lots of speciality there's specialism sorry and there's lots of knowledge and experience within within our area within this you know within manchester which has been exciting to see the landscape's changed a lot as well hasn't it It, you know it used to be that you know just going back to kind of 2007 2008 because that's when i got into the industry as well 
obviously I, I believe that you used to have to work a lot harder to get the attention of, you know, customers during that period of time, because you, you know, you didn't really have much to work with because there weren't as yeah. many users. Um, yeah. And obviously the explosion of social media, a lot of the fast fashion brands and a lot of the brands that, you know, that we're talking about, maybe some of the ones that you've worked with, you know, they off the back of social media, they've grown multi-million pound businesses, which just wasn't a thing back, you know, pre 2010. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, in many ways, a lot of things have, have changed during that period of time. Was there anything that, is there anything that you believe has changed? Um, what's, what's changed for the better and what's changed for the worse kind of since those early days when you were working in luxury um, travel? So in the industry, much. not in the world, because you know we're in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it ain't, yeah. <laughs> I think so much has changed. I think um, I think at the start of digital, I think things were less accessible, but it was you had to. Do, there wasn't as much to do. So if you just had a website and you had product on a website. Um, you could probably sell that product and you could probably do it quite cheaply because things like PPC was really cheap and you could you could promote on, on social channels and it was just by the nature you were there that you were able to talk and reach and speak to people and I think a lot of those early players who did that really well like your blue boohoos are obviously kind of reaping the rewards of that now um, I think the difference is now everything is so much more accessible. So anybody can have a website, anybody can um, go on Instagram. And I always say Instagram is one of the most accessible platforms, but it's one of the hardest to get right. And I think the market has become saturated now. So So things like PPC are more expensive. It's not cheap anymore people's attention is shorter. There's more noise. Um, it's harder to get noticed all the knowledge has been shared. So things that may have been specialist knowledge that I knew five years ago are now more commonplace knowledge. So um, it's kind of even in the playing field, if that, if that makes sense across businesses as this, this knowledge is, is shared. And um, like I said, things like techniques for setting websites up, it just becomes more streamlined. Anybody can have like a really slick, all singing, all dancing website for the price it takes to set up a Shopify account. Shopify is absolutely amazing and it's really democratized selling online. Um, and I think, I think that's the difference. So I think what I've seen evolving over recent years is now it's not enough just to be there. You have to have a reason to be there. You have to have something to say. Um, and you can't just, copy the conversation you have to be the conversation and i think maybe talk about fast fashion in particular but i think this applies across the board um messages are becoming wallpaper and as more people copy it's harder to stand out and i think there's a lot of you know there there is a lot of copying that takes place because some people see a model and if it's you know if that works for someday why can't we do that um, but I think, yeah, to stand out now, this, this is the skill and this is that this is the hard work that needs to be done. How can you make yourself stand out in the market? That's where I, I, I think that's where brand comes in, isn't it? You know, that a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I've done over time is, um, you know, I definitely agree with what you're saying there in terms of a more level playing field and someone being able to start up a business off the mobile phone. I think the mo- the mobile yeah. phone's probably the thing that's changed the industry the most, isn't it? And you know, yeah. and it was a, it was probably less of a thing um, kind of ten years ago. 
um, it was more of an emerging thing. But now, because you can just target people, you know, on the phone, you can build businesses, you can you can have an Instagram account, you, you can do all these other things, and, and not only can businesses create things using that phone, you know, you can target the end user using using that as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think the the barriers to entry are definitely lower, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, mercenary kind of website builders charging ridiculous amounts of money is is is, you know, it's still there. It's still in the industry. But well, like you said, I hear a lot of it. Unfortunately, a lot of clients that I work at work with still having their fingers burnt. Unfortunately, by by that. But I think yeah, that is slowly fading 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 out. And I think yeah. that the consumer's changing as well. I think. Um, I think we're becoming more conscious of what we're buying. I think we're asking more of the brands that we're buying. And I think coupled with that, you know, it's not just enough to selling products now. I think you have to be able to give, understand the consumer and really be able to give the consumer what it is that they want. And, you know, there's that cliche that, you know, people don't buy products, people buy people. And yeah, that works to a certain extent, but and people buy a lifestyle, but I think people buy things that say something about them. So what is it that you want to tell people they are? Do you know what I mean? So it gets really deep and it gets really psychological. And I think that's definitely, you know, you see the brands that are more successful, they're really tapping into um, a mindset and an aspiration. Um, and human needs a lot of the time, like psychological human needs for things like love and safety and um, happiness, all these things get tapped into by the brand on a psychological level. And it, it's very interesting as a marketer to see and watch how, how brands do that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, Simon Sinek, um, the yeah. uh, start, start with why. And, you know, if you can, if you can align on a belief system, um, and, and align with your why rather than the how and the what, um, you know, you, you get more kind of meaningful conversation, more meaningful conversations of people are willing to, to work with you. But I, I would definitely agree. I think, I think the content, the scale of content production now is ridiculous. So like you said, you know, a lot of it is wallpaper. A lot of it isn't that great. And it's, it's the best brands who stand out to their audience. And that's the other thing. It's the targeting. We can do a ridiculous level of targeting now, which is just, you know, it's crazy how much you can actually target, you know, using things like Facebook Business Manager um, mm. and, and Google AdWords to an extent. But I think Facebook Business Manager through, you know, Instagram ads and, and Facebook ads is is, is amazing. Um, I must say I've I've jumped on the TikTok bandwagon recently just to experiment with it. But <laughs> it is that that pl- I, I just love that platform. I think it's I think it's a it's bit fun. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the new form of entertainment, isn't it? Because all I see basically is is just people doing challenges, like whether that's, um, you know, like a magic trick or a dance or or whatever it might be. I just I just feel like it's really good kind of user generated content, and a lot of people have been talking about user generated content for a while. But as you and I both know, um, influencers in um, speech marks are you know, getting paid to do that and they're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, which I know you know a lot about, um, cause you've, you've worked in that, in that world. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and it, it's, it's gone f- for me, that whole Instagram kind of lifestyle, um, blogger is, is really just turned into a more of a veneered, um, kind of, 
um, more professional. You know, a lot of them have like teams who work with them and stuff. Whereas I feel like TikTok is going back to that whole raw kind of just, it's a bit rough around the edges, but it's just content creation. It's just a bit of, you know, entertaining. So it's for yeah. people. I think Instagram has become quite intense. I think it's very, Instagram's almost become a ma- like just a marketing channel. You know, I know kind of people use it personally, but I think TikTok's brought back that playfulness and that kind of like um, brought it back to the user rather than to the business. If and innovation as well. It, you know, yeah. like a lot, a lot of the best brands are innovating through, you know, through things like TikTok or, or, or you know, Snapchat. Is, it still has a place, and 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 some of the other ones. I, I just don't know. I just I kind of think, you know, particularly at the moment when people are in lockdown or or even before, you know, pre-lockdown and and post-lockdown, a lot of people are spending time on the mobile phone. They're looking at it. They're scrolling through, and and they're, they're kind of looking at that whole Instagram lifestyle. And I just think it. I think it puts an unnecessary pressure on society you know people feeling that they need to be like these people that's the thing that i don't like about it yeah it's I've kind of like since I've, I've you know i've not worked in fast fashion for a while but i've absolutely really curated my instagram feed and i think instagram there are whole niches there that are bubbles of communities that are there to be discovered and i think some of the like like the traditional influencers type people that we're talking about there is a whole world of excitement and creativity and ideas underneath that as well and it does take a little bit of deep diving and spending time in that to find those people in those communities but once you found that that's like it's a really rich place to be so I've met so many people and so many contacts doing like I said really interesting really creative um, really unique things that I wouldn't have met other than through Instagram so I think there's a different side to it as well um, that maybe some people who are, are not kind of in Instagram you know maybe they've got a, a, what am I trying to say I like a niche or a hobby example. or something yeah and there's still a place for that I think is what I'm saying above and beyond that influence because I think a lot of people maybe people who don't go on Instagram or who have got a particular um view on it or what they think it is I don't think it's just that there's a lot there's lots of other exciting things going on on Instagram that's there to that's there to be found yeah your your instagram's just full of flowers right (laughs) every time time i see a, I mean don't get me wrong it's like everything you've done is really well shot and how you've done it i really it's nice because obviously i've worked i've worked in a photographic business so i actually appreciate these things now but i'm like god she really likes flowers oh it's about everything i think maybe it's a bit of a thing at the moment but i think my instagram is something Instagram's changed a lot I think over the last couple of years and you know I think if you wanted to grow on Instagram five years ago you it was fairly straightforward like we've talked about it's really really tough to grow your Instagram now yeah Um, I think I've just got under a thousand followers but I I run a business off those under a thousand followers um and I think that's a really important message that I want to get out to anybody that is thinking of running your own business or wants to run their own business that really thinks that Instagram's had its day or it's saturated or you have to have these big numbers to run a business. You don't. It's about reaching the right people and connecting with the right people. And I think just you mentioned my imagery, that is something 
that um, is an evolving process for me, but it's something that I've really spent a long time developing because the work that I do um, is helping to, people to express themselves in that their work. And I like to live that in what I do as well. And my Instagram is a real expression of me. But what that really, really does is help me attract the right people that are that are going to benefit from my work and my clients. And I think the, obviously the imagery is part of that, the captions are all part of that. Um, and it's been a really great experience the past couple of years, how that has um, opened up a network of people of me that have become, that have become friends, supporters, and also, like I said, you know, clients as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's way more curated than mine. Uh, mine's like <laughs> mine's like a bag of washing. I always think like it might be nice to do that thing, you know, where you like organize the different columns, the three columns into like a nice, neat thing. But my brain is too chaotic and I can't, I've got, I've not got enough structure for that. So yeah, I'm, I'm just... I think that's you. That's a representation of, of, of you. And maybe I probably think my, or think mine a bit too much. Or maybe I'd pause more if I didn't overthink mine as much, but... Um, but it's fine. I think that's the thing. Like, you're, there aren't any rules with it with Instagram anymore. Yeah. There used to be very, very specific rules, particularly like, you know, talking when I was at Ego, very specific rules of what worked and what didn't. But now I think it's about what works for you and the people that you want to speak to. And I think a lot of people that are, are very interested in, so I um, work with creatives and um, artists and, um, generally people that are quite visual people so i think that's something i enjoy that's something they enjoy um so that's important but i think um you know if you're somebody where it's about the strategy and the idea it doesn't necessarily always have to be about the visuals um yeah you were talking about your clients earlier kind of that that probably leads us nicely up to um where what you're up to at the moment kind of do you, want to, do you want to talk us through kind of what you're up to at the moment and, and kind of what you, what kind of things you're working on? Yeah. So, I mean, after like, after I'd, we've just talked about working in fast fashion, um, I don't know, kind of five years ago, I, I really kind of fell out with <laughs> the fast fashion industry. I don't know if I should yeah. say that on the podcast. No, um, it's okay. But it was really kind of, <laughs> it was really for me about, you know, we talked. We were talking before about like you know businesses needing change and and, and marketing change and evolving. Um, I really struggled with the idea of selling people things that they didn't need. Um, and obviously, you know, we're looking at global warming at the moment. Uh, you know, there was all the you know coming to light all the um, the plastic and the landfill and everything like that, and um, child labour and everything like that. And it it really just caused me to think what part I was playing in that um and I think I kind of had to go through a lot of soul searching about five years ago in terms of what I wanted to do and I actually retrained to be a psychotherapist because I wanted to help people I was interested in people I was interested in relationships I was interested in what made people tick um so I, I did that course that was two years and I qualified as a psychotherapist um but what I realized through that process was actually I've got all this experience in business and in marketing and what I, 
and I wanted to combine the two and that's what I do as a business coach now basically um, I help people um, who were probably me five years ago really are either stuck in corporate jobs that they're really not happy in and they're unfulfilled um, and don't they've got more to give but don't quite know what that looks like or um, how to find that why we were talking about the why but that really sits at the heart of a lot of my client work as well you know what are people here to do um, I'm really passionate about work being an expression of you and who you are and being able to put yourself into your work and to feel fulfilled and satisfied through doing something so um, I take clients through a process to understand themselves better find and find their why basically um, and take that idea out of the head their head and make it happen so once they've got it so I get a lot of people coming to me who have always wanted to be an interior designer they love the idea of being a photographer but they don't know how to do it and that's kind of the missing bit that I fill in it's like how do we take this idea out of your head and how do we make it happen um so yeah that's what I do now I work with clients on a one-to-one basis and um I absolutely love it it's bit it's my why is helping people reach their potential because I really believe that um, by doing the best, if we as individuals do our best work in the world, that's going to benefit everybody. And I think we were talking about businesses changing before and marketing changing and finding that why. I like, I want to push that a level further and say, you know, as marketers, if we're trying to sell this um this lifestyle we're trying to make people feel something we talk about as a marketer we talk about emotional equity what emotional equity are you trying to drive in that that user to make them take that action you're trying to make them feel something well what if you could actually give them something that was going to make them feel like that so where are you adding value in the world so instead of selling them a dress that they don't really need and that's going to make them feel happy for a fleeting moment can you be a maker that creates something beautiful for their home that sits sits in their home or can you take pictures of their family or something that something that means something um that's maybe adding to the world rather than taking away from it i don't know if that sounds really yeah no no i i really i really like it and i I obviously commend you for doing it because um i i believe that i i completely agree what you're saying because i think um especially with the way that you know the world's gone e-commerce and and a lot of people chasing after like we were talking about before this kind of instagram culture that's developed and and social media in general is that a lot of people are chasing happiness but they're not actually looking for fulfillment during that period of time and i think that you absolutely hit the nail on the head because you know things things material things make you happy you know when i bought my new podcast microphone i was absolutely ecstatic and i was like really geeking out and i was like this is amazing but in reality unless i keep making lots of podcasts i won't be fulfilled so I'm, it's kind of like you've got to you've got to figure what that out what what that is for you and i think the interesting part about that is that um and i've i've had this where it's aligned and where it's not aligned um is is when you working in a business when you're aligned with what that business is is doing and, and and what they're like pushing out there, I've been absolutely at the center of it and really happy with what I'm contributing, you know, yeah. towards the brand, the business, the you know, the yeah. agency, whatever it might be, and then that effect on on a, on a broader scale. But I've also been in the opposite side of things where you know I didn't fit in into a company culture and I felt unhappy most days. 
you know, you felt really out of place and you, you know, sometimes you do get those people who feel like they're in the wrong job or they're in the wrong line of work or whatever it might be, but they feel a bit trapped yeah. and they can't do it. And, and, you know, and your story and there are many others like it, you know, you now is the time to do that. You could, like we said before, the mobile phone has changed. You could literally retrain and be the thing that you need to be or that yeah. you want to be. I think it's just asking that question. A lot of people are pro not programmed like that as well, which is, probably half the challenge that you have is reprogramming people to believe that it is possible i think that's the thing because it i just had it when i was so unhappy and you talk about I, I i really felt like a square peg in a round hole a lot of the time i was working in those businesses and um i always got on i was always good at my job but i was always really unhappy and i remember um when i was at misguided and the very particular culture there and I, I don't mind saying that and it was it was a while since I've been there but I remember going driving to Trafford Centre car park sitting in my car and I was crying on the lunch because I just didn't it just did not feel like me and I think different people can can put up with that situation easier but I feel like I needed to do something that aligned more with my values as a person but it took years of trying to peel those layers back to understand what those values were and what it is that I actually wanted because like you said that it's it's only actually what you want you don't actually always know but you know like unless you've seen it unless you've experienced it you might not even know what you want to do exist what I do now I didn't know existed like five years ago I didn't I didn't know it existed when I started my psychotherapy course but I think you go down these little avenues you follow a chink of something that excites you or lights you up or that interests you and that opens up new contacts new possibilities and you go down these rabbit holes and you're eventually in a completely different place and I think that's an exciting that's an exciting process in itself but what I absolutely want to do for my clients and I do through my podcast and, and hopefully through some content that I do is that this is possible. Um, I was in a corporate job um, from, a very, I'm from a very working class background. I went to university. Um, you kind of get into a corporate job and you climb the corporate ladder because that's what, that's what you do. Do you know what I mean? There isn't any, yeah. I don't know what an alternative to that would be. Um, but I think these things are possible and, even though it may not seem like it, you always have choices. Those choices might not be actionable straight away, but you can always take steps to kind of put that in to action. Um, and those little seeds that you sow now will, will develop. And you might not be able to see the wood for the trees and you might not have all the answers. But if you kind of take that first step, um, you know, you, you can get there. And I think people want, people demand more now of the work and I think people should demand more of the work yeah you know, it's asking, more reward it, kind of thing not just financial not just financial reward exactly it's something other than your paycheck you know what am I doing what how is my work contributing how is it contributing to the business how is the business contributing to the world why does my work matter and I think some people don't need to ask those questions but the type of person I am I do need to ask those questions and I know there's yeah. a a lot of people that do ask those questions and I think people should and you know if you if you struggle with the answer that you get from that it's maybe thinking how you can make changes to try and um 
to try and, and create something, either create, you know, create something or move in a direction that is going to give you those things that make you feel fulfilled. Um, and have, have the freedom. you found that? Sorry, sorry. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. Um, how, how have you found? Because that's a big transition. What you're talking about, isn't it? Uh, not just not just for every anyone listening to this and, and people who want to change. But how how have you found that transition from a more corporate into, you know, into your own kind of um, business? Fucking hard. Is <laughs> the answer to that? It really, I'm not gonna. It really, it's the hardest thing I have ever ever done, and it's still the hardest thing I've I've done. Um, you know, it's it's been a tough process but it's one that's been very very rewarding um it's really hard because when you i think when you start your own business i think it brings up lots of things that you didn't even realize um were there so i think worries about self-doubt like lots of fears things like things like that and i think this is a universal story and you know i have this conversation with peers and with colleagues and other really amazing business owners that you would not even think feel like this but it's hard um it is much much harder than sitting in your nine to five job but i think the way that i keep going is the why and the reason that i'm doing this is yeah. bigger than, than those fears and those difficulties but it has it's been really hard and really challenging and you have to face a lot of your demons i would say um in setting a business up particularly business that you want to put yourself into which is what i do it's you know if you kind of you you're an inventor or you you've got a product that sits fits a gap in the market and you price it and you sell it and you get it out there that's one thing that's not the type of business i do the type of business that i do and the type of people that i work with are people that want to put themselves into the business so they have a story they have a why and they want to share that with the world so it's a lot of um i worked with a business not too long ago around emotional intelligence and and things like that obviously you've got to you've got to have that kind of um not only balance from a from a day-to-day skill set perspective because you kind of if you're if you're a startup business or if you're a um or if you're like a like yourself you know where you're working on your own or partnering with other people you've kind of got to be a bit of an octopus where you can do a little turn your hand to finance. You can turn your hand to, you know, creating content because you're essentially a one man band. You've got to do a lot of different things, but also if your role or, or your business is actually to coach people, you know, you've got to have strong emotional, emotional skills to, to help, you know, with empathy and, and, you know, self-awareness and understanding, you know, other people's needs as well, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very varied. I mean, a lot of my job, that I do now is half of it is really similar to what I used to do because it's marketing and I think yes. there's two there's two halves to it there's the work that I do which is the coaching work one-on-one work and then there's the marketing and the growing my business um the financial side I should probably spend more time on that I need to, there's a lot of things <laughs> I'm really bad for that but um in terms of marketing because I'm still um, in the stages of growing my business, you know, I'd like, to, I'm not at capacity, I'd like to, you know, I'm looking at um, trying to get more clients. The marketing side of it is actually the bigger side of it at the moment. Yeah. So a lot of work is very similar to the work that um, the work that I was doing. But I think, like you said, it, it, whenever you set up a business, you're putting all those hats on in a business, all those different roles. Yeah. I think there's a skill as well to kind of say, right, well, how much time you're going to spend on each one and, um and sometimes as well, knowing when to, to bring people in 
to help because um so when it's so why i have a podcast as well and i think we were chatting uh, before because you edit this podcast and i don't edit my own and that was one <laughs> where i just thought oh i can't it would take me a full day to do it even, even longer and it's just not where I'm I'm weird. I'm weird though with with especially with my own stuff. If I'm creating, like I I went for a stint, and I I will get back to this um, where I was creating like designing content, you know, like typography and like just yeah. just like little snippets of things of things that I talk to people about and creating content. Um, and then also like my podcast, and then I'm just going to start up this YouTube channel as well and, and do some things when I'm creating my own content. I actually love doing it as well. That's the weird, I'm really weird with it. So I like so to edit, cool. I like to edit the podcast and I do like, but I like that they're a bit rougher. Like anybody that's met me, they, they know that, you know, it's, it's nothing that I've ever done is perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm always, it's always, it's always a bit rough around the edges. There's always a few bumps on the road, but you eventually get there. And like, that's, that's how I approach it. Yeah. It's done. That's the main thing. And yeah. I think that's like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's playing to your strengths as well. That's what I always like. I really, sometimes I think as humans, we're like, we focus on the things that we can't do. But running a business, one of the things that I say to people is, well, which bits do you enjoy? Which bits do you want to do? Do those bits because that's the bit, that's kind of the bits you can run with and the bits that are going to get really exciting and the bits that are going to open up. Just, you know, there's certain things you have to do to keep the business ticking over, but there's certain things. Like if you don't want to send an email newsletter out, don't send an email newsletter out. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to do it. You don't have, we're not a corporate business. You don't have to do all the marketing channels. You go after the ones that you're really interested in and you want to make something of. So if you enjoy creating content, that's, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. It's just, it gets to the point where it's not productive. And that's, that's the thing that, um, you know, obviously yeah. when, when we, when, when we were all back in our, our normal working zones and, and, and you sat in an office, you know, you kind of have that structure and control, but at the moment, yeah. like I said to you, I'm, I'm creating, I'm creating videos I'm creating podcasts I'm creating blog posts and guides and resources. And like my, my brain's just firing loads of different things. But as you know, I've worked to I've worked to a level now, quite you know, through 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 my own kind of um, agency uh, kind of journey, where I'd go, here's ten great ideas. Where's the team? Let's go and deliver that. So that like, like I used to have a, a, a team on hand, but when I'm doing my own stuff, um, it's very challenging to to obviously then do it everything yourself. So I suppose yeah, no, I completely um, appreciate those challenges that you've got. Um, yeah. as far as like, um, your podcast, it, you know, do you want to, do you want to talk to me about it? It's, it's called beyond the stories, right? Yeah. So beyond the stories, so it's a creative business podcast. Um, and basically it's an, an excuse to chat to loads of really inspiring, amazing, creative people who are running businesses, um, and doing some exciting things. And I think, um, Beyond the Stories is kind of a concept that I use a lot in my work. And I actually nearly called my business Beyond the Stories, but it's ended up right. too, too cheesy if I say it for the podcast. But <laughs> Beyond the Stories is a concept of um, what, who could you be? What is the work you could be doing beyond the stories? So beyond the stories that you tell yourself that you can't do this, this is for other people, um, I'll fail. And beyond the stories that you're told by other people in society. So you know, you have to work in a corporate job. This is what success looks like. And it's about redefining those stories and understanding who you are and what the work is beyond those stories. And 
that's what I try to bring out when I, I chat to each of my guests. It's because everybody has these stories that they have to go beyond to get to where it is um, that they want to be. And I think when I was starting out, you kind of, those worries and those fears sometimes feel like they're holding you back and other people don't feel like that. And I just really wanted to explore some of that in the podcast because some of the most like successful people who you don't imagine would have these fears have created these businesses despite all that. They're not because they don't feel like that, feel like that. They've done it in spite of feeling like that. And I feel like these are the kind of stories that I wanted to hear five years ago. And I think yeah. the more of that we can share um and inspire people so we talked about showing something's possible before and i think that's what i really want to do you know these are ordinary people that have decided to do something do you know to, to do something different yeah you really i mean i've listened obviously i've listened to it the, the, the you really tap into the human aspect of it which i really like you know it's the kind of um it's quite relatable especially when people start to talk about um i think i think a couple of them where they were talking about like an imposter syndrome and and a couple of other things as well where you know it's people revealing some of the insecurities you're like oh right yeah i felt like that and it's like very uh from a human standpoint it's very relatable um so yeah now i'm i i listen to your podcast i think it's a i think it's a great concept and it's a different angle i think that's one of the interesting parts about it i don't think there are many one many podcasts out there where it goes into that level and i didn't know that you did all this psychology work so maybe that's you know retrain this as, as like oh, a psychologist i didn't yeah, i didn't yeah. even realize that yeah. um and that's yeah, yeah. It, and it is interesting and i think that's the thing like the way that i look at business is absolutely from that human perspective and i think maybe that was what was missing in the corporate world um and I think it's just, it's understanding those human stories. And I think, you know, we talked about Instagram as well. And I think there's so much that goes on with, um, I suppose, the view of an entrepreneur or somebody that sets up their own business. And you see all these, like, Americans saying, oh, you know, make six figures and, you know, all this hustle and that kind of language around it that's quite aggressive. Um, and also that you see the, the finished, polished product and you don't see all the messiness and that goes on and the stop start and the ups and the downs that go go on behind it and I think if people just see the shiny polished version it's easy to say you know you just compare and think oh I can't do that I'm not like them um I'll never get to that and I think that's why it's important to share the human stories behind it because you know it's there it is there for everybody if you've got an idea or you've got something to say or you want something more for yourself you're absolutely capable of doing that and I think that's what I hope to try and and do through through the podcast and a lot of the work that I do yeah I think it's very powerful I think it's something that's needed um I think particularly at the moment as well you know uh, with regards to um the the balance of mental health and and trying to get the right balance I think it's something that that as a society we're still coming to terms with but I think that what this what this whole kind of um lockdown and, and quarantine and everything else has actually highlighted for me i think it has highlighted that for a lot of people and i think i'm hoping that we'll come out the other side and you know i was talking before um one of the benefits potentially being that there's more of a focus on mental health and and also um people people realizing what's important and and hopefully that will go towards kind of what you've been working on for a while now um how do you find your kind of work-life balance now you know now that you're working for yourself I think 
there's two things I think the work that I do I'm the type of person where the work is a part of me and that's kind of like I suppose the story of where I was so unhappy and now you know this makes me feel more fulfilled so I think in terms of work-life balance I am co I'm constantly thinking about what I'm, I'm doing because I'm passionate about it I'm immersed in it I'm still in that you know I'm still in that startup phase I would I would say like kind of year one year two in um so you know I, I live on Instagram I literally live on Instagram um <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's embarrassing I won't even tell you um so, so from that perspective um but you, you know that that's that's not a great work, work work balance but it's something that I do because I enjoy doing it um the other side of things that's just massive in terms of work life, life balance um now I I've structured my day so and I have set my business up and I, I, so I support my business as well so I still work as um, a freelance digital strategist as well but I've engineered that and I would say that engineered that I work from home doing that I work part-time doing that um, and I've set that up in a way that that can sustain my coaching business as well and the reason I just highlight that as well is that is that a lot of that has just come through asking so we talk about like people having more needs like through um for work and yeah. maybe that you've got kids or maybe it's because you do want to set up a, a, a something on the side or maybe you've got a passion or interest that you want to follow and um, i've worked part-time for the past um three four years and yeah. that has enabled me to set this business up and that I honestly think the jobs that I would have done, um, you wouldn't have thought they were possible, but I, I literally just asked. And I know that sounds really, I don't want that, that to come across as like flipping or, but I think that's just, I think sometimes people, I don't they should just ask for what they want, but I think don't always assume that you can't get something. Who were you um, asking? Who are you asking in that process? Out of curiosity, were you, were you just talking to, prospective people who who could be future clients kind of thing or, or were you look asking other people for advice like mentors or anything like that well like this is like I'm, i don't know if these are but all the jobs that i've gone to have all been full-time jobs and they've been advertised as full-time jobs and i've oh, right. and so then i've gone in or there's been a need for somebody freelance and i've just you know i've literally just said look this is what I can do for you. I can do this, this, and this, but I can only do three days. So I can only, I can only do this. And I think sometimes it's not being, it's not being afraid to say what you need. And I think sometimes, you know, you've got to be willing to walk away as well, but um, you know, and that's not just been a fluke. That's, you know, that's happened three, four, four times. So you're talking more, right. Okay. I'll go. Although, although it didn't start out that way, you go in, you prove your worth, you then try to work, um, on your terms, but then be willing to walk away if it's not on your terms. Yeah, I don't know if I sound like a dick. <laughs> it sounds don't get me wrong. It sounds very ballsy. Um, <laughs> no, it sounds it sounds like you're trying to get. Uh, for me, it sounds like you're you're putting um, what you want to do above like how much not how much money you want to earn, but you know, almost like over okay. the other the other needs, if you know what I mean. And, and I'm no, sure. I, yeah. And I have to say that, you know, like I have, you know, I've, at, at times, you know, definitely the, 
the income that I'd got has obviously, you know, taken a hit because of that. But I think it's maybe prioritizing as well in terms of like what you value. So, or for me, I needed the freedom and the flexibility to be able to set this business up. And that was a decision that I made that I needed that space to do, to do that. And I had to create that space to do it because I, I know a lot of people, you know, they set businesses up at the weekends and the evenings. I just couldn't do that when I was in a job that I was really yeah. unhappy with that completely drained me of everything that I got. I had to literally leave myself at the door every day to go in and do that job. Um, I needed to create a space. So I think for me, it, it was about a need. It's like, this is what I need to make this happen. And yeah. um, I made, you know, I, I made it happen in some, you know, in some way. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's giving yourself permission to, to have that, or have that thought process. But I think what I've always done it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're looking for a job or you're assessing your current situation. I always like to make, I'm really like really geeky when it comes to making lists. Like I think it, I think it's really important to write things down and say what's really important to you. Yes, because ultimately yeah. if, if money's really like, I always try and work th- and then I, I always used to do this or I always do this like personal development plans with people. So I sit down with people and I'd, I'd actually just talk to them, nothing to do with their actual job role. I'd, I'd really try and understand them as a person and then go, right. Okay. So clearly, right, you want to go to Coachella every year. Okay. If you want to do that, that means that you need to, that you need to earn a certain amount of money, blah, blah, blah. Or you want this car or you want that, you know, status or you want this recognition or you want to talk mm. at conferences and events. You almost like start with that point first and then work your way backwards. And I always used to like kind of trying to um, retrofit the kind of personal development plans of the people in my team to, to work around that. And and then drive and then use that as the stick to drive people forward because in many ways some people can't you know it depends how old you are and depends how mature you are you know you, you don't necessarily know what you, what you want sometimes and I think that process oh, that you're talking about yeah. is is trying to it, the process is actually once you know what it is you go ahead and do but I think it's the mm-hmm. figuring it out and then having permission and the confidence to 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 go after it is the. Yeah you know, is, is one of the challenges that I've seen people and I've seen it myself as well. So, you know, it's, I don't think you're alone in that respect. I think, I think there's a lot of people in that same situation. Um, my, my version of that process is creating a list. What would, what, what would you say is, is a good way to start that process? In terms of understanding yourself. Yeah. And what understanding what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be just asking like some of the big, like the big questions about you know you know who who you are what it is that you want to you know what want to do the world what what's your purpose what do you want to be known for what do you want to look back on your life you know when you're 80 years old what are going to be the things that are important to you then it's quite, that you'd... It's quite a deep process right oh, it's all very deep it's all very deep it's all the psychology <laughs> this is what you get with me it all goes <laughs> but i think the list thing that you said i think what's re- and I think maybe I didn't want to kind of the way I was coming across before is I think what I really wanted to say is it's not just as much about knowing the things that you want. It is knowing what you want, but it's realizing you can't have everything. It's, it's choosing yeah. the things you really want and letting go of everything else. And that is the hard thing. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize or don't get. So maybe you have to let go of the money for a bit. Maybe you have to let go of, going out maybe you 
have to, you know, there's all these things in your life that maybe you have to, to sacrifice, but the sacrifice is towards a bigger, a bigger thing. So, um, and sometimes that letting go can feel really good as well. You know, it's like expectations or pressures on us that, um, that take rather than give to what it is that we want, we want to do. Um, yeah. If no, I'm, yeah, it completely does. It completely does. I, I know what you're saying. It, it, when, when you, I suppose it's when you figure out that you know what you want, it, everything feels more, a lot more simple as well, I suppose. And, and it, yeah. But it's hard, um, it's hard it, to, to it figure is, out yeah. what you want. But that's what I do. That's what I do with my clients. And I kind of take them, you know, it, it, I take them through um, a process which, are, which is embedded in, in the psychology, um, the psychology course, sorry, that I, that I did and to qualify as a psychotherapist was a lot about kind of peeling these layers off and understanding who you are as a person. Um, and I think values is, is a really good place to start. So like you listing, you talk about lists, but listing out your values. Yeah. Um, and I've got, I've actually got an exercise for that. And if anybody on the podcast wants it, then happy for them to get in touch and I'll, I'll send you this values exercise. That is the first, one of the first things that I do with my clients um, and it's just really uncovering the things that are important to you. And I think once you narrow that down to those like really key three, four, five things that are really important to you, it's an asking, okay, how can I build a life around that? How can I bring more of this into, yeah. into my life? And that's always yeah. a really good, good starting point. As it is for brands that. as well. Yeah, I was going to say, because um, a lot of the brand workshops that I'm involved in, it's almost like, if you think about almost all the things that we've just covered in, you know, in this podcast, it kind of like, start with your why, then understand what the purpose is, work towards what your mission, you know, what you're actually working towards, like what your mission is, and then what are the values that that pretty much mirrors the kind of brand, you, you, it can be applied to brands as well as individuals, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why um, it works, because working with people that want to put themselves into the business that's why they need to do or it helps to do this inner work first because these things that you pull out are going to be the things that get you noticed your point of difference the things that are going to make you stand out from yeah the next photographer down the street it's it's all these these things so you're absolutely right it, it does mirror a very you know similar outline from from that perspective have you, what, what are the kind of, there, is there any individuals or in, any, any things that have been kind of like big influences on your career? Um, I suppose like, I suppose, I don't know, like my experiences, I think my experiences in the fast fashion industry, I think taught me a lot about what I, I didn't want, if I'm very honest about things. Yeah. Um, I think the things that I have influenced and, I don't know if it sounds really ridiculous, but it is Instagram. Like Instagram for me has opened up a whole new world of opportunity. I would not be able to do what I am doing now without Instagram. I really, I wouldn't have known it existed. I wouldn't have um, been able to um, meet connections and, and meet different people. And that's really evolved for me over the past five years. And I think for a lot of people, I think like, quite heavily focused on women as well. I think it's opened up a lot of opportunity for people and made things a lot more accessible. And I think the people who I've met through Instagram have really been the people that have inspired me, supported me um, and encouraged me in this process. And I think 
I'd recommend to anybody, you know, go out there and find your people. That's that's the biggest thing that has, you know, that has helped me in the past few few years. You know, there's been some amazing people that have now become friends. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing, reaching out and and connecting with people. Like getting getting your influence and, and your kind of uh, inspiration from people who are like minded and, and for people who are who are like have a have a very similar why or a very similar values is is that absolutely. in a nutshell yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. no it's, it, yeah it's good uh, I mean obviously I I I like to get the variety though I like to get people who who are like maybe ten percent like me but like ninety percent different but you get like some you can get that little something from them um which I always I always find is is quite interesting everyone's like oh I hate this guy's a dick and I'm like yeah but He's just you can see why why he's doing that you know that's that i i suppose that you know you get you get influences from different different areas and different spaces oh, I totally and, and different, with that as well you don't kind of want to just close yourself in and, and not and not look at other <clears throat> at all there's inspiration to be taken from everywhere isn't there in terms of um different people who do things in different different ways as well have you ever um have you, do you, do you share do you share books or or content or anything with people that you think might be useful for people listening to this? Um, hmm. Anything by Seth Gordon. If you're kind of interested in marketing and stuff like that, I think I really you know love his philosophy. And um, have you have you come across Seth? I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I sat in an office, well, sitting in an office with John Worley. You're you're never more than two feet away from a <laughs> Seth Godin book. Um, you know, there was all sorts the the Purple Cow and and a couple of others. He's he's actually got a um, a podcast called I think it's called Akimbo. Um, yeah I, I found that really good it's very short and sweet but yeah no I think I, 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 that is a definitely you know a good a good starting point from a marketing perspective but anybody who's looking at, um I suppose like trying to understand themselves better a bit or is looking to kind of find their purpose and their mission and maybe feeling a bit lost um there is a lady called Fiona Murden and I interviewed her for my podcast and she's a clinical psychologist and she's got a book called defining you and that's a really great book um to buy to start that journey i'd really recommend that and it comes with um a psychometric test as well that you can send off and if if you kind of really not understanding your strengths and your preferences um it's just it, you know it's just a starting point and it's just like a little window in but i would definitely recommend recommend that um and then anybody who anybody who is I suppose creative or interested in setting up their own business, there is a podcast that I absolutely love that has been a huge inspiration to me called Letters from a Hopeful Creative, and that's by Sarah Tasker and Jen Carrington, um, and they really they really give some great creative business advice, and that's quite human focused as well. Um, so if you're kind of interested in any of that kind of thing. Um, or of course my podcast as well. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, in terms of like, um, what, you know, like messages or big messages that, that you might want to put out there. And I, I use this and this is, it, it is quite, um, it is supposed to be quite thought provoking, but it's also can be, you know, can be as loose as it needs to be. Um, uh, one of the questions that I always ask people is, 
um, you know, from if you could put anything on a billboard that could reach billions of people, which is kind of non-commercial. So it could be an image, it, you know, it could be a quote or, or anything really. What would it, what would you put out there? Well, this is a tough one because I don't really, I don't really have any quotes that stand out. And when I saw this, I think I've thought about it today and I wasn't sure how I was going to answer this. Um, but I did write a quote um, when I was when um, I was setting out my goals and my intentions in January for the beginning of the year, and I, I wrote a quote to go with it. And I think it just fits some of the things we've been speaking about today. Um, so the quote is, it's by Albert Camus, who was a French, um, not Cam Albert Camus, sorry, because he was a French philosopher, I need to say that in my French accent. Um, but his quote is, the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. And the reason I say that is because it fits with that Beyond Stories message, because we don't, we're not always free to do things that we want to do and be the people that we want to be. But I think there is always a choice there to go claim. And I think be true to ourselves and listen to ourselves, trust ourselves and do the things that we want to be doing in the world. Yeah, no, I've, I, I couldn't find a more relevant time for that, for that quote. I mean, it's, it's way better than stay alert. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, I, I really like it. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, I'm not one for quotes, but I just think, you know, we're, we're off, we're all, you know, we're all in situations that, you know, are not exactly how we want them to be. And we're not always able to, you know, like I said, to, to kind of do the thing we want to be doing now. But I think we can always go back into ourselves and just ask ourselves how we can give give ourselves the things that we need and maybe we might not get there right now, but we can sow those seeds to get there in the future. Okay, um, I'm just going to uh, kind of finish off with some kind of tips and advice for people. Have you have you got any kind of, whether it's, because um, we've covered quite a lot, obviously, are there any other like marketing tips or anything else that, that you believe that would be a good like kind of snippets to leave people with? Um, I think like really just like what we've been saying is like, it's like have something to say. And if you don't have something to say, really dig deep into that and get something to say because I think it's not like we've said it's not just enough anymore um you need to have a voice and, and a reason as a brand as a business to kind of stand out um and I think anybody getting into marketing or anybody wanting to set up their own business or you know maybe someone that completely at the start of their journey I think now would be to to set up your own channels no matter you know if you're working um in a corporate job or you know you're you're wanting to get into marketing set that up yourself set your website up get your instagram up and running um if you enjoy doing a podcast and creating that content or videos do that and you know that because that becomes valuable in itself so don't necessarily wait for somebody to give you that permission so if you're waiting for that entry role into marketing or into a job give yourself that permission and and create that for yourself and it's an amazing portfolio to have and also you don't know where that's going to lead as well Okay, Lauren, I think that's pretty much covers everything. Uh, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. No, thank uh, you for having me, Paul. Thank you. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Um, so if you go to my website, laurenosullivan.com, you can contact me on there. And if anybody wants that values task, then I'm more than happy to send that. Um, or on Instagram, because I live on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> 
Uh, so you can always find me on there. And I think that's Lauren.Olsullivan underscore. Right, okay. Um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Paul. It's been great. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the KC Digital Podcast. This podcast is in support of Calm, who are a charity that I'm supporting with uh, my podcast moving forward. Uh, visit thecalmzone.net to donate or help or find out more information. Um, if you like this podcast, please take two minutes out of your time to leave a review or share it on social media. Um, tag me in there if you're going to ping it out there. Let me know what you think. And if you want more content, you know I've got podcasts, blogs, resources, Visit kc-digital.co.uk for more information. You can find me on social media. My handle is kcdigital on LinkedIn, Instagram, and on Twitter. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thank you.